Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chumps of Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Danny. I'm here with Matt. Scott is out for the night, so it's just the two of us, dude. But how are you on this lovely Wednesday fall evening? I'm doing well. It feels good to be back talking about some fantasy football. Um, missed last week out on vacation, which was uh, wonderful. Uh, a nice little vacation from work and the children, which is mm-hmm. a, a rare treat. Itself. Just you and the so, missus up in Maine, huh? Yep, you know, going to Bahaba, eating some lobster. Is it true that the... My car charger. <laughs> is it true that the lobster... Up there is just way better than uh, lobster from St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> hey, one, I don't think I ever had lobster in Missouri. Uh, first of all, <laughs> they're not from Missouri. They're imported. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But uh, second of all, it was good up there. Um, the closest thing I've had to lobster in St. Louis is crawfish, obviously. So those are just like miniature lobsters, right? Got I don't think I know what a crawfish or... is, so <laughs> like I, I know what it is. Thing, but... thing that almost surprised me up there was got a lobster roll, which I thought that was going to be like, like lobster salad, like tuna salad, but maybe with lobster. And no, mm-hmm. it's just like hunks of buttery lobster on a hoagie, and it's delicious. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and then I did go to a, a little, uh, I don't know, like boil steamer shack whatever like roadside lobster sand which uh was pretty cool got a full lobster there tail made a little tough but uh everything delicious on top of it got some mussels got some oysters got some clams got my seafood fill when i was up there that's good do people up in maine like get annoyed the moment you bring up stephen king are they just kind of done I think so. Like, uh, I I tried not to, but the first day we were up there, we went to Bangor. Bangor. You got to make sure you don't call it Banger. You call it okay. Bangor. Got it. Um, and that's where there's some Stephen King sites and whatnot and photo ops. He has a house up there. Everybody takes pictures in front of. Went up there for a day when we first got in because we kind of had to go through there anyway. Mentioned it to like one or two people when we were in uh, Bar Harbor, and they just like totally go by like, oh god, this guy's fucking talking about. <laughs> that's that's the vibe i would imagine yeah <laughs> uh well i mean i'm sure you didn't get to see a ton of, of football there but i'm sure you're keeping up with your fantasy teams how are things going through three weeks in your leagues uh, still not great but week three was my best week so far uh did well in i think three of my four leagues and uh better than i have before in the last league so things are trending up Mm-hmm. still not great for me mm-hmm. that's kind of where i am i'm doing well in multiple leagues i'm doing so bad so so bad in a couple of them we talked before the show the league that you're not doing so well in in the league that i'm not doing so well in, we got a lot of the same guys on that team and you bet your buns they're going to come up with this episode <laughs> Because yeah, we're gonna have a, a little guys we were wrong about more or less uh, <laughs> trend in this episode. Oh, like if you want to go back and listen to the uh, Chump Awards episode and just listen to our baby bubbas, listen to my baby bubbas, man. They are whoa, way wrong. Uh, yikes! But let's let's get into week three recap slash week four preview. So a lot of stuff happened in week three. While you're up in Maine, 
Um, and let's tell kind me of about it, Danny. I'll tell you about oh, it because yeah. it's probably the first time you've heard any of this information, right? Those things where I've, I've caught some news, I've watched some highlights and all that kind of stuff, but I still feel very alien to what happened in week three. So fill me in. So let's start with some injuries, news, notes, and injuries. But the big thing are the injuries and what to do with them. So David Montgomery running back for the Bears, he was out early on in that game with an ankle slash knee issue. So lower body injury if we're going to go by hockey rules. It Khalil Herbert came in and then just mopped the floor with the with the offense. And they still haven't come out and said that David Montgomery is going to be out this week, but it's a looking that way. So, I mean, very likely. Yeah, very likely. At least one week, but at least it's not like season ending for David Montgomery. But that's a big deal because the Bears never throw the ball. Um, If you're the David Montgomery owner, are you? jumping on the Khalil Herbert, like, are you going to try to make a trade for Khalil Herbert? I mean, do you just ride it out knowing that Montgomery will probably be back? Cause you're probably gonna have to give up a lot. Right. I don't know. And then if clear Khalil Herbert mopped the floor, when did Montgomery comes back? I get it. Montgomery did okay in fantasy earlier, pretty good in fantasy mm-hmm. when he was healthy, but you just said it, this team only runs the ball. There was some crazy stat that they've they've won two games with only like x amount of pass attempts and i was flabbergasted by that it was insane yeah Uh, yeah fields threw the ball 17 times in week three and they won and the week before that he threw the ball 11 times in a loss but 11 times yeah (laughs) yeah it's crazy um but my concern is if clear Herbert's showing something, maybe he's just somebody who's going to rock it. Cause I think Montgomery had tons of opportunity, did well, but didn't light the world on fire with that opportunity either. Right. Right. Speaking of running back injuries, Deandre Swift, uh, he already had uh, what an ankle problem. He was, he was uh, trying to work through and now he's got a shoulder injury. They're saying Dan Campbell came out and said that he's probably going to miss a couple of weeks. I think they have a bye week week six if i'm not mistaken the lions do so the idea being maybe he'll sit out these next two games sit out the bye week obviously and come back week seven that that sounds smart this guy is one of your best playmakers you have an offense that's producing in other areas finally detroit probably need to focus on your defense a little bit more rest up swift make sure he's healthy the rest of the season and jamal williams has been doing fine on the field he's always done fine just he he's never gotten a workhorse uh, opportunity really so jamal williams is i think a very interesting ad start this week and mm-hmm. deandre swift should absolutely sit hopefully you have williams if you're if you're a swift owner mm-hmm. speaking of the lions i'm on ross st brown i went down with an ankle injury reports uh, are quote encouraging so that's good because i'm on ross st brown was in the process of absolutely breaking out and we were love we love to see it he's probably going to miss a little bit of time so deandre swift down i'm on ross st brown down for the lions that's a that's a super bummer um i don't know how to put it yeah i i feel like the reports i've seen out about mon ross st brown are much more encouraging of him getting right back in the mix um like what about week four are you reading that he could be back this week he's not officially out I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, you know one thing about the Lions, and that's that they got grit. <laughs> They're gamers. They're gamers, and they got grit. So, I don't know. I I feel like the reports today were very vague, 
his mm-hmm. ankle looks encouraging, but he missed practice and we don't know anything. So I think it's just something to keep your keep your finger on going down the line here. Just keep your finger on it. <laughs> when in doubt, keep your finger on it. Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the Saints, uh, he went down with like a toe injury. They're a little bit nervous about Michael Thomas. Is this guy going to stay kind of injured forever? Is that, it's not looking great for him this upcoming week. Aren't they in Europe? This is the week. There is a Europe game this week, and I think you might be right there. So, and Jarvis Landry is not exactly healthy either. Neither one of them are practicing. At Saints Bo's- Vikings at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday. So it's a, it's a big reminder to listeners to set your lineups early. Yeah, and to check for these, like, kind of news bits, like the Michael Thomas, the Jarvis Landrys, the ones where it's like, oh, God, Dalvin Cook, which we're going to get to. Let's talk about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, surprise, surprise, dislocated his shoulder again. And they're still saying that he's probably going to play week four <laughs> because pop it back in. He, they, they, yeah, they pop it back in. He's got this like device that he wears and they're like, no, this is this is he this has been happening since high school. Apparently his shoulders kind of falls out if he like breathes strong. <laughs> it's nothing left in there. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's, this, there's like, no uh, tendons. <laughs> did you ever play with the connects when you're a kid? You just. Yeah, that <laughs> if you do that over and over, it's like, oh, this this is not staying. Yeah, this is, this isn't good. <laughs> I gotta throw these away. It's not what you want in a running back, but you knew this going into into the season. Dalvin Cook's shoulder is gonna fall out at a certain point to have Alexander Madison. But I'm super surprised that they're like, yeah, no, it, it really. We got out of this thing. He's gonna wear. It's gonna be fine. He's gonna be right back in there. That's a bummer it if is. you're the Madison owner and you're like, what the fuck? How the fuck is he wearing that thing every week anyway? Yeah. It falls out that easily. Yeah. It's like a bra for his arm. <laughs> That's what they should call it, the Dalvin Cook arm bra. Uh, did you see, you probably didn't see because you were up in Maine. Did you see what happened to Tua in the Miami Buffalo game? So I read a the explanation because i know it got investigated about what happened here or whatever that the explanation was he got hit early and tweaked his back then he got hit late and it made his back lock up he went so it wasn't his head at all i guess he went to the tent it, it loosened up he got deemed good it wasn't a head injury and he went back in mm-hmm. but was there controversy about oh, somehow yeah. he got thrown in too early to win that game or something oh man like we, when you watch the, so early on when I thought when he got pulled and went to the, the medical tent, I'm like, there's no way I feel so bad for this guy. Like he, this is for sure. A concussion. Then, yeah, like you said, they came out and said, no, it was actually a back issue. He gets not like, he gets like shoved, like knocked backwards, you know, after mm-hmm. he makes the throw and it gets knocked backwards legally, it was nothing illegal about it, but he smacks the back of his head on the ground, yeah. gets up and can't walk. He couldn't oh, walk no, no, no. like he did the get up and you stumble to the ground. Yeah. Then you get up and then you're clearly not OK. Like his teammates are like, no, no, no more walking for you. No more oh, walking. Man. Stop, stop, stop. And then he comes back and we were we were like, uh, wh- how can that even be possible? This is like the most yeah. clear, obvious concussion you could see. And then winning the game, that was great and everything like that. But it's like, how could they possibly have let him go back in? He smacked his head. He can't walk. But they're like, it was his back. It was his back. 
I'm not buying that at all <laughs> when you're watching that video. Like this guy it doesn't clearly... look like a back lockup. It looks no. like a I don't know where the fuck I'm at. And you try to watch it with the through the lens of okay, let's watch this as if this is a person whose back is locking up. And you're like, no, that's you've seen people smack their heads before and can't walk for a second or two until yeah, they, right. you know, that's what this was. <laughs> so not a good look by the NFL. I'm, I don't think anyone's buying that, but hey. He's got an ankle issue too. He's not uh, practicing today being Wednesday and they are the Thursday night game against the Bengals. I'm, yeah. I'm not liking that. Yeah. I have, I have a league where maybe two leagues where I have burrow and Tua on Thursday night. And it's like, I kind of want to play Tua, but given all this injury crap and not knowing how much work he's going to get in prior to a Thursday night game, I think I, I don't love it, but I think I'm playing burrow there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I agree on the Burrow. Burrow had a, a nice bounce back game week three against the Jets, but it, then again, it was the Jets. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I still have some concerns there. Yeah, yeah. and not necessarily with Burrow. It's with the O line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what do you think the over under of sacks for the Miami Dolphins in this game on Thursday is going to be? And I'll set it at five and a half. Over under five and a half. Not touching that one. <laughs> That's a pretty good line, right? Uh, yeah. Keenan Allen's back at practice. That's good. He's probably going to play. And hey, Zach Wilson is going to make his return to football week four for the New York Jets. It's going to turn the, the Jets franchise right around week four, right? Eh? Don't know. No. There's some interesting stuff there. Who's their, uh, their tight end was getting some decent work in, but then it's like all of a sudden you switch up quarterbacks and yeah, Conklin be different. Yeah, Conklin. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you switch up quarterbacks, and I have a couple leagues where I'm I'm trying to scrape for a startable tight end, and I'm considering that, but I don't want to touch that with Wilson coming back. Maybe yeah. it'll be great for him, but who knows where those targets go? Well, exactly, and it's the same thing with Garrett Wilson, who was in the middle of a breakout. He uh, left quickly and then came back in. He had, I think, a rib injury, but came back. In their game, you never know. I mean, Zach Wilson coming back might just feed on Corey Davis, you know? exactly. And all of a sudden, he has a big week. Exactly, that's the fear. That's the fear. If we have a Corey Davis week, like a blow up eight for one twelve and two, then I I have no idea what to do with the Jets at all because <laughs> Zach Wilson's just fucking everything up. And we the like Corey advice, Davis. <laughs> yeah, the best advice for the Jets is to stay away until you're absolutely certain. And <laughs> nothing is certain here. Right. Also, you're going to you're not going to like to hear this, but you're going to like to hear this. Christian McCaffrey has a quad injury, so he's not practicing today. He's bounced on the injury report the last couple of weeks for absolute nonsense. Like he scraped his shin bone with something like a cleat or something like that. It was on the injury report and everyone lost their minds. He's like, Oh my God, guys, it's fine. I don't even know why I'm on that report. This quad injury though is sounding a little more real. I mean, that's CMC with the soft tissue, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I drafted him in a league that I genuinely care about. And I'm like, what? This is the moment when you're like, why did I, what the fuck is the matter with you? You, everyone was saying this. Matt has been saying this all off season. I I said I'm staying away from him so everybody else should go for him because uh, this will be the year where he can stay healthy. Not looking <laughs> like it so far, but you never know. It could be short lived. He could be fine. It's not no. his hamstring. I think I'd be much more concerned if it was a hamstring injury here. Agreed. Agreed. 
so that's the big news and injuries from week three. You're caught up now, Matt, but we have a segment that I know that you're probably not able to contribute to without having watched a lot of the games. And we're going to do the big takeaways from last week. So other than the injuries, here are my takeaways. You tell me if you like them or not, (laughs) or if they're stupid or if you disagree, we're going to start with Russell Wilson though. Russell Wilson looks so bad. So, 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 so bad. Have you seen some of the like memes or gifs that have come out with like Russ and Wilson cooking and it's like some guy doing something terrible to a hot dog and putting it yeah. on a plate? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this like is sp- Russell Wilson cooking. SpaghettiOs on bread or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks so out of whack. Doesn't know where he is. But the Denver defense, like everyone's like jiving on Russell Wilson for being just so terrible for three, three weeks. But Denver's defense is not getting nearly enough credit for how good they are looking. They're like third in points per game, like second in yards per game. It's wild how good they are, and no one's giving them any credit whatsoever because Russell Wilson is stealing the show uh, in the most negative way ever. You know what I would appreciate is if Denver's D would score a few more fantasy points. They have been (laughs) trending up. I have them in a couple leagues, but Mm – Mike, this, you know, when I drafted them, week four was the first week I was worried about against the Raiders, and now I'm not worried at all. I'm definitely holding on to the, to them through the Raiders week. I'm sure they're the only 0-3 team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, thank you, Titans, because it's either you or them. And what is it? The, the two 3-0 teams are Philly and the Jags? Is that yeah, right? uh, Dolphins. Dolphins, that's right. Jags are 2-1. Yeah, two and one, yeah right? Jags, Jags are 2-1, and one, and beat the trash out of the the chargers oh my goodness my i'm in a survivor league and i picked the chargers and took a 28 point stomping at the hands of the jaguars so i'm i'm scared when the titans play in this year i'm not gonna lie i'm very yeah yeah the jaguars look really really good you know what else looks really really good in my opinion the atlanta falcons man that offense with Marcus Mariota, Cordero Patterson's looking young. And uh, what do you call young people when they're looking at uh, spry or old people when they are looking young, they're spry. That's, that's the turn, right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I thought one of the, the funnier jokes I heard, I think this is attributed to Stephen King, multiple references in the, in the same episode, but it's like, you know, you're old. When people start referring to your age as years young, <laughs> it's like, you start referring to like Cordell Patterson, like he's 31 years young. Yeah. He might be 32 or 33 now. He's getting up there. But he had a lot of years not getting abused as a running back. He was just like a kick returner and a wide receiver. So he's a young, yeah, or they say he's a young 32. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking good. Drake London's getting a lot of targets. He looks good. Kyle Pitts had a rough couple of weeks to start the year enough for Karen uh, in our, our league that we're both in to drop him and then immediately try to pick him back up. Sorry, Karen, but he looked like he's getting a little bit better in week three. I'm encouraged by the Falcons, even though I believe they're one and two. So it's not like they're lighting the world on fire. Yeah. I saw somebody was like ranking every team or putting them in categories and Falcons were like one quarterback away from an, an elite offense. And I'm like, Oh, oh bullshit. I don't think that's it. I think they're still just figuring out a couple things. They got some young guys. They got to figure out usage. 
Mariota hasn't been trash time. He's, no, he's, he's got some fine. work to do himself, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for Atlanta. He's still spry, and yeah. he no, the problem is the 11 guys on defense, and or sorry, 10 guys and AJ Terrell. On I mean, that's what it is 10 guys <laughs> other, other than AJ Terrell on defense is their problem, and that O line, but like the big playmakers, the ingredients are there, and I'm I'm a fan. In the NFC South, which is honestly, let's talk about the NFC South for a second. Completely up for grabs, in my opinion. You got the Buccaneers, who Tom Brady is looking, I mean, he is starting to look a little bit old. He's looking with his movement. that like seven years ago. I know, I know. A down slump with him on the Patriots for half a season. Now, I, I, I know. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to yeah, say it. Yeah, he's, I know he's got no one to throw it to right now, or at least he didn't in week three and they lost. But I'm, I feel like he's just looking a little bit slower and like his body hurts when he moves a little bit. I don't know about the Buccaneers. The Saints, I don't know what's going on with the Saints. Winston doesn't look that great. I know he's injured. Can't really move very much with his back. Then you got the Panthers, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Every time that guy drops back, he looks like he's having an absolute panic attack. Like he does not know what to do with it. And it shows yeah. me and you are both DJ Moore owners. We'll talk about him coming up. But I think the Falcons, like legit, they're one and two. The Buccaneers are two and one. They, yeah. Did yeah, you think the I mean, we, we talked about Michael Thomas earlier. Like, is he just going to be an injury guy or whatever? It was like same boat, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones week one overreaction. We were like, oh, my God, are these guys like healthy and back and everything like that? And <laughs> turns out the answer is where no. we're at after route three <laughs> after week three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Drake London, another takeaway from last week and really just the start of the season in general is that these rookie wide receivers are really starting to produce and produce in a way where there is fantasy value all over the place. Drake London, Traylon Burks is going to get more usage, they're saying, and he's starting to look the part. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Romeo Dubs of the Packers, they're getting a lot of targets. They're looking explosive, and their quarterbacks are starting to trust them. That's awesome to see, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um wish I had more shares of all these guys, but uh, I do have a, a, a couple uh, couple tickets in, so I'm happy to see it. Mm-hmm. The Bills, we thought, were invincible. They lost to the Miami Dolphins. I know that the Dolphins' defense looked good, and, I mean, they stopped Josh Allen, brought him to 19 points, but I still think that nine times out of ten, the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins and they're going to play again later this year. And I don't think it's going to be particularly close. And that's, that's divisional matchup. There's, there's always interesting things that happen in divisions. What I take away from this is, Hey, the Bills are still really good and they're going to be fine. And the Dolphins are something to be reckoned with this year. Both teams are good. Um, And I'm I'm, I'm excited to see where both go. I hope they both stomp the Pats every time they play. (laughs) No matter what. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Oh, that's other news. I forgot to write down. Let's talk Mac Jones. He hurt his uh, foot, his ankle. They're avoiding yeah, surgery. He's going to be out for a while, though. I saw a still shot of like him in agony getting like helped off the field. So um, I wanted to know a little bit more about that. 
I think yeah. the headline was, is Cam Newton going to come back to New England? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> they got Brian Hoyer, who's awesome. I'm a big Brian Hoyer fan. That guy's never going to leave the NFL. He might be 45, <laughs> too, and nobody's talking about him. He's not even like a fun like Fitzpatrick backup or anything like that. He's just Brian Hoyer. He'll no. he'll do it. <laughs> Nobody. That's his tagline. Brian Hoyer. I'll do yeah, it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Brian Hoyer? He's thirty six. That's a that's a young man compared to Tom Brady, but he looks older than Tom Brady certainly. Yeah. yeah. The we talked about the Eagles and Dolphins are last of the undefeated teams. That's surprising to me. I thought it would be like the Bills and Chiefs or something like that. Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs came very close to losing to the Chargers as well. Um, yeah. And just got beat this week by Indy, who lost, who didn't look very good in weeks one and two. So I think the Chiefs still going to be fine, but they'll have a few of these losses sprinkled in there when they can't make the, the comeback. Can't do the old Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> magic whatever i'm trying to say yeah the media is gonna love patrick mahomes no matter what did you see that sidearm throw that he threw at least chris collinsworth i mean if you if you want to hear good things about patrick mahomes listen to that guy call again. nobody can do what this guy can do like there's like nine guys in the league currently that do that every day so yeah they can dude um yeah, the Colts get manhandled by the Jaguars week two. They tie the Texans week one, and then they come out and beat the Col- the Chiefs. I I don't understand. I don't understand at all what's going on. So that's really the big takeaway from the first three weeks is I don't understand fantasy football, and I don't know why that we do this. <laughs> well, the NFL has had – well, I didn't watch much of week three, but it seems like three very fun weeks with close games and surprising wins it's been great parody this year in the nfl i have to say that much mm-hmm. there have been some questionable calls but nothing terrible so far i think it's been a lot of fun football so far and it's exciting for the league this year just when the parody seems so close across the league absolutely let's take a break and then we'll get into our starts of the week the decision making the fun stuff what do you say i love it love it Welcome back, boogers. We are here to talk starts of the week. Some weird decision-making you're going to have to do. Some conundrums that we're in. And we're going to get into our survivor and upset picks. But before that, Matt, talk to me about Maine alcohol. Maine the state alcohol. Do you get any good good fancy beers? Or do you get any classy wine? It It seems like wine, like the fancy people up in Maine drink wine. We actually, uh, I don't think we did any wine at all. I was wrong. And you know what? The first dinner we did, we did grab a glass of wine. Um, but we hit up, I think it was five breweries in the end over the whole <sighs> trip. Um, a couple in Bar Harbor, one in uh, one of the little coastal towns on the way back to Portland, and a couple in Portland when we were waiting on our flight. So uh, just like a, a beer at each. And My general takeaway is, Every brewery makes good beer now. Yeah, I guess I had some New England IPAs, but they have those out here now too. And it's like it, the mm-hmm. internet's out there; everybody knows how to make good beer. They were all delicious, but I can't say like one just stuck in my mind. That's just so disheartening to hear. That's just such a bummer of a 
Yeah, the beer was good. Everyone's got good beer, though, so whatever. <laughs> Nothing interests Everybody me anymore, and I'm sad all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's carry on with football. So, week four, stars of the week. We're going to get back into that kind of format because um, Matt and I talked about it, and Scott as well, and we, uh, we decided that it kind of got a little boring when we are talking about all the games. So, we're going to go back to our old format. So, Matt, let's start with your start of the week for the quarterback position for week four. Start of the week for the quarterback position in week four is Matt Ryan. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm betting against the Titans here. I think uh... <laughs> that's the way to be. When in doubt. <laughs> He's obviously been settling in is what i would say uh last week he had a, a good week against a tough opponent in the chiefs uh got himself a couple tds titans defense has not been super solid their secondary is not the best part of their defense either i think he's gonna have an okay day at home against the titans mm-hmm. he's a start mm-hmm. that's the way to be riding in the fire with matt ryan after that big chiefs win I get it. He's a gamer. Um, my start of the week for a quarterback position is Marcus Mariota against the Cleveland Browns. And we talked about the Atlanta Falcons. Mariota's been fine. He's passing the ball while he's got weapons and he's got a baseline of running like at least six or seven times per game. He hasn't done a ton yardage wise. He's not Lamar Jackson, but that helps to know that he could just bust out a big run there. He's been consistent on fantasy points too, hitting at least in my main league 20, 22, 20, nothing lighting the world on fire, but it's a solid floor. And I think the same as Matt Ryan, he's going to get more comfortable. They're going to figure out more what's working there. If there's weapons, he's going to, I think it's a good week to start him. Matt Ryan and or Marcus Mariota or Russell Wilson. Would you start? I should rephrase it. I phrase that in a really stupid way. Would you start Mariota or Ryan against or I'm over Russell Wilson? Because for me, the answer is an easy yes. Because I'm just right done. now you, you kind of got Russell Wilson is not a must start by any means. So at that point, I'm playing matchups and Russell doesn't have a terrible matchup against Vegas, but he has thrown some duds out there. I don't know. I think I, I agree. I trust one of these other guys a little bit more. Mm-hmm. What about uh, those guys that we named our starts the week or Tom Brady? Tommy. Oh, <laughs> Matt Ryan or Tom Brady. That's a tough one. Probably still Tom Brady, right? He's going to have Mike Evans back. So we'll say Tom Brady. And he's playing Casey, which has a potential to be a bit of a shootout um he's gonna have to yeah yeah so running back position start of the week running back start of the week for me is jamal williams talked about a little bit earlier with swift being out but jamal williams has always been solid um he's done well this year he's not old and i like him and Mm -hmm. they're playing seattle at home so Lions are at home, so I think it's a great spot to start Jamal Williams. Yeah, I got assuming Swift is out. I should. Yeah, and I've got Khalil Herbert as my start of the week against the New York Giants, assuming Montgomery is out. I think 
Herbert and Williams are kind of in very similar situations where they were not the lead dog, but they are very, very, very capable backups who are all of a sudden going to have a big role in week four, right? I think those grizzly uh, giants are going to just shut them down, though. No, yeah, those those badass. No, they're not three. No, they're two and one. No, I don't think that they will. I don't believe in the Giants. I don't know what it would take for me to believe in the Giants. Seven and one. I don't even believe that they really beat the Titans week one. Are we certain that they did? That was a combo of them beating the Titans and the Titans beating themselves. Titans haven't learned how to play football in the second half of a, a game yet this year, which is really something they should try to learn. Yeah. Wide receiver start of the week for you, Matt, is CD Lamb. I I know he is technically in his fantasy stats, I think, been trending up just fine. Um, I think there was some current concern last week. He dropped that like easy deep ball, probably touchdown pass. Oh yeah. Still ended up with 18 points of the week. He's done better each week. The the uh Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, I'm sorry. Cooper Hawk, Cooper, Cooper Hawk Cup, <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, Rush uh, doesn't seem to be affecting him negatively. Gallup might be back, but I don't think this week. I'm not thinking this maybe, week. I, maybe, I but it shouldn't C- affect anything. I think what we saw is CD Lamb has been getting targeted double digits every week, he's been catching more of those targets, he's been getting more yards, and he found the end zone last week despite some bad drops. I think he's still going to be a main target, and I think those drops go away. I think it could be a monster week versus Washington. Yeah. No, I like that pick. I got Chris Olave as my star of the week with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry being kind of hindered with injuries and Olave breaking out in a way last week. I mean, you're, you're almost a lock for double-digit targets, and Winston's going to need him. If he's gonna, if Justin Jefferson gets back to where he's going to be, the Saints are playing the Vikings. I mean, this has potential for hey, we need points, and it's looking like Olave, Olave might be the guy. I think he's a must start. If you got him on your bench, plug him into your uh, starting lineup. Now, Ty- does the uh, Europe thing uh, concern you at all? It's a long plane ride over there. I've never been to Europe, and it's because of the long plane ride. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so have you ever been to europe no i have not i've been the out of out of country travel i've done has been to mexico and canada and that mm-hmm. is it in very small sample sizes i'd love to do some more extensive traveling but i would say one of the one of the downsides is probably the plane ride. yeah i i would love to go to like a bunch of places in Europe. I just don't know if I can do a 10 hour. Isn't it 10 hours or some shit? Of a plane ride? I don't know. I could say flight. I it's probably a plane, probably a flight. I should just call it a flight on a plane ride. I'm not eight years old. <laughs> they, they had commercial flights in like the 50s, right? Right. Why are, we, why are we still flying places 70 years later? We should be just snapping our fingers and being over in Europe these days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like, because of the Earth's rotation and and stuff, it probably is going to be a, a breeze getting there. I feel like they could build some tunnels through the Earth, like yeah. you know, 
just direct line just they have Screw these, this curvature they, well like getting there is really fast because you're going east right that's that's right isn't it you, it's fa faster going east because of the way the the earth is spinning so you just always go in the direction of the earth spinning right right because then when you come when we come <laughs> back it's probably gonna be like another hour right so ah it sounds like a whole thing i'll just stay here and depends on if the wind is at your back you know yeah that's 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 real <laughs> that's real <laughs> it's like jet streams and stuff but yeah i'll just stick with going south to mexico and i've never been to canada either i hear i hear that it's wonderful i i only was in canada when i was at niagara falls and we we more or less walked across the border so i can't really say so you can say that you had canada. been in canada <laughs> yeah. i have been in canada yeah they're the heroes uh so far in handmaid's tale so i'm all okay. about, <laughs> about very much canada. so yeah what are we talking about you think uh football okay starting <laughs> the tight end start of the week for week four for you is who Gerald Everett. I like this matchup this week. I know, I mean, the obvious starts are like the top three tight ends, so I'm not going to mention those right now. And then when you look into the, some of these guys that maybe you're streaming, maybe you're deciding between a couple guys on your bench, Gerald Everett speaks to me. He had a good first couple weeks. Last week was a dud, but guess what? Herbert was banged up. I know he looked fine, but they were playing the Jags, who are tougher than we thought. Herbert banged up. I think Herbert's going to be fine this week. They're playing Houston. I think Everett sees a bounce back. He's always been getting targets. I don't think he's going to hit a 40-burger like a Monster Kelsey week, but I think I can see him in close to 100 yards and a, a TD with quite a few targets, so I like him. Hell yes. And I got TJ Hawkinson, even though he's a little bit injured. Um, so if he does play, I love him because of the things we had already talked about. Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift being more than likely out. I think Hawkinson can see a lot more targets against the Seattle defense. That's terrible. So TJ Hawkinson has not been what you've wanted him to be, but I think that he can. He scored a touchdown last week. I think that he's going to do it again this week. Yeah, and Jared Goff had to rely on him last year. There's chemistry there. It's just Jared Goff has had more toys to play with this year i think in the long run mm -hmm. i always thought tj Hawkinson was going to settle back into a fairly high volume tight end there but it was going to take some time this is a good opportunity for that time to happen is there a better nope that's the wrong sentence is there a more fun offense to watch than the lions when swift and amon ross st brown are there and healthy and active I don't know if I can answer that because I'm a bit of a Lions fan myself, so I, I enjoy watching them. That's why I asked the question specifically because yeah. I want I knew what the answer was going to be, and I wanted I'm to. Just... <laughs> I'm sure there are more fun offenses to watch. Is the right answer? But yes, what, I name watch. one. Name one. The Bills. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah for, certainly. Name one that's not the Bills. Possibly Bills, Miami, the Dolphins, <laughs> Eagles, yeah, yeah Philly. <laughs> Name I'd three say, more. <laughs> okay. I'd say Chiefs still have to be. Up. I I think you get what I was going for though. <laughs> <laughs> Lions are fun. So let's get into some decision making. You're gonna have to do after week three um, with some fantasy football players. Uh, buy low, sell high, and we'll talk about some guys that I really don't know what to do with, but. Name a couple of guys, a guy, whatever you want to do 
that you should be targeting to acquire the buy low guys, guys that have been doing crappy ish that you can jump on board with Matt. Yeah. One of my favorites right now, and he's getting hyped a bit is Traylon Burks um, has not lit the world on fire fantasy production wise so far, but there's promising things like last week. He, he was actually in a starting role. I think he was on the field and 90 something percent of uh, snaps X amount of target share, everything like it's trending up their OC who's terrible. Todd Downing says that he wants to get more balls to Traylon Burks, which is a good thing for him. And he has the talent. They have the need there. They don't pass a ton, but I mean, more than Chicago, right? So mm-hmm. Traylon mm-hmm. Burks, I think you can buy pretty cheap, maybe time into a trade. And I think he's going to be wide receiver three slash flex startable a lot this year. Okay. Love it. I got uh, as a buy low is Josh Jacobs. And I know the Raiders are 0 3. So I think that's why it's a buy low. He's getting great volume in Las Vegas. And the Raiders are going to be better than their record shows right now. And as they move the ball more and more, we're going to see more higher efficiency in Josh Jacobs and the touchdowns will come. You got to love it. And he's starting to catch passes as of last week. I think it was five targets, maybe even five receptions. I love it. And we, I know Matt, you also like Josh Jacobs, the athlete. So this is the time if you're going to get Josh Jacobs, because we're going to see an ascension in Jacobs and uh, you got to be on board. I've always liked watching him run. And I think he has the talent. He's always been dinged up a bit with injuries and that team is struggling a bit right now, but I like it. I like it as by locating it. What about you got any other bylaws? You know what? I threw Trevor Lawrence on the list. I think he's certainly been trending up. The team has been trending up. If you're a streaming quarterback kind of guy who is like me and you like to maybe grab somebody early in the season who could ascend. Mm -hmm. um, I did that with Tua. He's on my bench in a couple leagues. I think Trevor Lawrence is another candidate where he might, if he keeps going the right direction, he could win you a league type deal. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a guy every year. There's the Justin Herbert year. There was, I don't know. Every other year, there's a guy who can win you a league just picking up that right quarterback, and it could be Trevor Lawrence. And you've done that multiple times. You did Patrick Mahomes back in twas what years? Uh, twenty eighteen. Oh, that was a great year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember those years. That was a good year. Yeah, I think twenty eighteen. You picked up Patrick Mahomes and immediately won. Did you acquire Lamar Jackson during his ascension, or maybe not? Well, Lamar Jackson. I had Herbert in a couple of years and his kind of breakout, which helped a lot in the leagues. Uh, was Russell Wilson one of those guys when he first hit on the scene? That's that's a while back. That's a long time ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, sell high. So guys have been doing great. You know what a sell high is. Guys have been doing great, but you don't see it continuing. And now's the time to pull the trigger on getting rid of them. Who you think of? Um, I can't say doing great, but I'm going based off or in his best week of the year last week mm-hmm. and a big name Ezekiel Elliott had a uh, 15 carries I think a couple targets uh, TD and 73 yards rushing he is technically trending up but I think the concern here is Pollard getting a pretty even share of the carries uh, Zeke could be touchdown dependent I, I kind of like trying to sell him on his name just a little bit high just a little bit high to get somebody else you like more. Um, mm-hmm. 
Zeke's still Zeke. I think Zeke is going to eat at times, but you might get something you like more. Mm-hmm. The like Tony Pollard. Yeah, I agree. Tony Pollard's efficiency has been really, really good. I mean, last week he scored less fantasy points than Zeke because Zeke scored, but Tony Pollard last week, 13 carries for 105 yards, eight per carry. It's just, he, but he ripped off another huge run. He does that all the time. But yeah. I'm with you on that one. My still high is Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson scored. He's doing fine as a running back, but you've got the Brian Robinson thing lingering over the Washington commanders because yeah, he got shot in the leg, but he's practicing. Have you seen him out on the field pregame? He's uh, got his leg wrapped up and he's going through some drills pregame. So it's not going to be long before Brian Robinson comes back and just muddies these waters. Gibson's still going to be like, he's going to have value in fantasy football, but not like he does while he's the guy. I'd agree. Uh, the The problem with that is any fantasy football player where their salt knows that situation. And I mean, with all these buy low, sell highs, usually people know the situation, but that's a tough one. That one's pretty mm-hmm. stamped right on top. So you think it's a bad choice. What about my second choice, which is uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is uh, another guy that I have listed as a sell how high. high. How high are you selling him after he like dudded last week, right? He scored again. That's that's what I think people are going to see. If you look up the game logs, here's the fantasy points in half PPR. 20.9 in week one, 13.8 week two, 12.4 in week three. That's over 12 points in half PPR, three straight weeks for a high power offense. Some people look zero at zero yards rushing last mm-hmm. week. Though, didn't he? <laughs> uh, seven attempts for zero yards, yet he's, he did get a touchdown. <laughs> seven for zero and one was the stat line there. Five catches for 39 yards. That's the thing, though. He has caught every single target that's gone his way. Three, four, five. That's been week one, two, and three. So he's involved in the passing game quite a bit. But his snap percentage, week one, 39%. Week two, 44%. Week three, 40%. That's not great. He's Mm -hmm. sharing time with McKinnon, but people are going to see the outcome of those fantasy points. And I think you can get something, something back more consistent. just using the Clyde Edwards layer name. So I like that. Now let's talk about some guys that are making me sweat, Matt. They're making me sweat because I don't think there's anything to do with them. Maybe you're, maybe you'll tell me otherwise, but I don't know what to do with these guys. And then we'll start with Austin Eckler. If you got Austin Eckler, you spent what a top five pick on him, right? Essentially. There was one league I got him in, and uh, he's not doing amazing. It wasn't. A t- it might have been my first round pick, for fourth overall mm-hmm. in that league. Um, and I think Henry was still available, but I I needed to do something different, and I went with Eckler there. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I mean, Henry's not lighting the world on fire, but Eckler's certainly not either. Yeah. So let's talk about his actual uh, stats, Austin Eckler. Week one, 36 yards on the ground. Week two, 39 yards on the ground. Week three, five on four attempts. That was the real. Now, it's not so good. No, that's that's not what you want. But in the receiving game, he is still just as involved as he always has been. And that's been the big plus with Austin Eckler. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Four targets, 10 targets, eight targets. And he caught all but one of those. 
still needs to score a touchdown, but are you nervous? You do have him in a league. You said, what is your, um, is, are the alarm bells going off? Are you trying to move him or are you hanging tight? I mean, I've, I've never loved Austin Eckler, but I let you get the better of me, Danny. So alarm bells aren't going off here, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to see more. I'm, I'm certainly not like trade baiting him yet. I'm not benching him. He's going to be started. Just do something for me, Eckler, right? Let's say that Eckler goes out there this upcoming week, rushes the ball 18 times for 102 yards and a touchdown, catches like five passes, has a big game, the first big game of the year. Are you looking to sell high and nervous about like snap percentage and usage, or do you think that's a sign of things to come? I don't think I'm, I'm selling him high yet, even after this week. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you right now, is he a buy low for you? Should we have slotted him over in the buy low candidates? Do you uh, like him? Nah, he, would fit the, he would fit in the buy low. Um, his snap percentage is not great. It's like around 50 or 60 all three weeks. I, I, so what's it going to take to get Austin Eckler though? He's still got the draft capital people will put in for him and the potential to be the 20 touchdown guy. So what would I have to give up? Something really cool probably. And I don't know if I'm really interested in doing that. I don't know. I don't think people are out yet. Kind of. I mean, Henry had a decent week last week, but I thought he was going to be a buy low after this week, but you just think about draft capital, especially early first round. People are going to hang on to those gems for a while. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara is another one I want to talk about starting to sweat Um, nine carries in the first week. Then he was injured for the week two. 15 carries for 61 yards. He's not catching the ball like you want. He's a hang tight on him, but are you kind of disappointed so far? Because I kind of am. You said Alvin Kamara, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. He's a victim of his situation. So... Again, I'm not completely up to date after last week, but is Jameis Winston maybe out this week due to an injury? I didn't think that he was going to be maybe out, but he does have a back problem. Heard so. that Andy Dalton was getting first string reps, I believe. Um, oh, boy. So okay. a couple interesting things there. Not only is the the game plan and everything muddied for Alvin Kamara, but all of a sudden... Are you looking at Taysom Hill in that like tight end flex oh. role now? Because I'm sure if Andy Dalton is starting, Taysom Hill is going to see the field a little bit more, right? Yeah, for sure, right? Let's get on a tangent here, but it's something to think about. Taysom Hill tight end, knowing that Winston might be out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I I honestly have not thought about that once, and that's something to note. I'm, I'm on board with you. I think Taysom Hill is a big time start of the week at tight end. If Winston's out for that reason, you can see a lot Saints. more usage. Yeah. Saints head coach said he doesn't think Jameis Winston will miss week four against the Vikings. So yeah, might have to Jam- wait for some more negative news before we get excited about <laughs> Taysom Hill. And remember they're playing early, right? That is the early game. That's yeah. the early game. Yeah. Expects to play. Jameis Winston expects to play. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, I I know he had a back problem. I didn't realize the extent of his back problems on reading this, Matt. Jameis Winston suffered four small fractures in his back in week one and added an ankle injury in week two. <laughs> Jesus. Small, small days. <laughs> they were just 
they're really small. I mean, grow up. Like, <laughs> um, so other guys that I'm starting to panic on a little bit, DJ Moore. We both have him in leagues that we care about. What the hell? Explain, explain DJ Moore to me before He's I He's a victim him. of Baker Mayfield and me having him in a league or two. Um, I would like to just blame it all on Baker Mayfield, but I drafted him thinking that Baker Mayfield was going to be an improvement to this offense and an improvement to DJ Moore and an improvement to the situation. So I can only blame myself here that that is not working out. There's no signs of that working out. So DJ Moore is a rough one. I am sweating that one. I, I'm not sure there. Yeah. Interestingly enough, he had the exact same stat line from a receiving standpoint, week one and two, six targets, three catches for 43 yards. Exactly the same, but he did catch a touchdown in the second one. So I guess it's not exactly the same snap percentage for DJ Moore. Week one, 100%. Week two, 97%. Week three, 98%. He's out there. He's their number one guy. You like, but I'm with you. I, I benched him to send him a little message. Mm-hmm. And he's getting benched in my league this week. I, I think I'm going to play. You know what? We'll talk about that here. In a yeah. Minute. Yeah. Daryl Henderson. We've got him in a league we share. And I think you have him in a couple places because he may have been your baby Bubba. If it wasn't, he was in the running for your baby Bubba. So what are your thoughts with acres getting all the, the work lately? I think it's, I think acres hasn't been super productive with the work and Henderson has still put up good stats. Um, obviously, they want to make acres a thing there in LA. Uh, <laughs> make them a thing. <laughs> I think it's it's going to be a, a ping pongy back and forth, uh, a bit of a decent floor, but nothing that's absolutely startable. He's going to be a headache, and for that reason, I'm okay with packaging him into some trades with somebody who might be more desperate for somebody who's an okay floor running back. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can get somebody I like a little bit more on a week to week basis out of it. Yeah. And you got one more. Sorry, I kind of jumped all over this one, but who's you got one? You can read off your starting to sweat guy. Oh, yeah. I just, I threw Joe Burrow in there. Um, I drafted him in a couple leagues. Uh, I felt like he was a decent value in drafts. I'm not worried about him, I'm not worried about his weapons so much. I'm worried about the O line there. And since he, it's just, He's not getting the time he needs. Mixon's obviously struggling on the running front. Um, and something's not right in Cincy. It's Something's not absolutely right there. It's not the Super Bowl run team that we saw. Maybe they figured out, I'm not dropping Joe Burrow yet, but I am sweating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the conundrums that we got going on you hinted at one with dj moore so break it down what are you thinking about actual problem that you've got in a league you want to talk about yeah i got dj moore in a league and he's been he was my wide receiver one i drafted him in i believe the third round thinking as i mentioned earlier baker mayfield would be an improvement to the team they got uh cmc making defenses respect the ground game i thought dj moore was just gonna be open all the time and he was gonna have a great year He was gonna show that potential he's always had and it has not been happening so i think i'm gonna bench him this week and tell me danny if i'm crazy i got three guys that i'm all considering and it's adam thielen zay jones and michael gallup a little bit if he's healthy and i like 
what they're saying about him getting plugged in. But I think it's mostly between between Zay Jones and Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um DJ Moore versus Zay. I like Zay Jones. And I think again, you have to bench DJ Moore so he is aware of what he's done wrong. Like exactly. He once you put him on your bench, yeah, he needs the message. And Zay Jones, 83% of snaps, 68% of snaps, 76% of snaps. Last week, 11 targets, 10 catches for 85 yards on touchdown. This Jacksonville offense is good. Yes, Christian Kirk's doing amazing. He's doing great things. But so is Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. I mean, it's really coming together here. DJ Moore, it has not looked like that. Baker Mayfield is not even near what Trevor Lawrence is right now. So yeah. to me, it's you can't just keep having your heart broken. Even if DJ Moore goes nuts week four, that's what you want, even if he's on your bench, so you can feel a little bit better about him. But you can't just keep living this nightmare. I mean, unless I mean, do you agree? Like that's that's what where you are. You can't just keep doing the same thing, going, God damn, is he gonna figure it out? Even if he does figure it out while he's on the bench, good. At least he figured it out wholeheartedly agree. I think Zay Jones is in my lineup at the moment, and I think that's how it's going to stay unless I uh, unless I do some last-minute worry finagling in my lineup. <laughs> right. Adam Thielen is not bad. I don't think I would play Michael Gallup over DJ Moore, but Adam Thielen, he's doing fine too. Not nearly as explosive because you've got Justin Jefferson, who is, oh boy, game-changer there. So I still think Zay Jones is – he's a fun guy to start, isn't he? Zay Jones he is you're kind of excited to see what he does. It's not just it, like you better not fuck up for me. It's like, hey, let's see what you can do, buddy. Because if on, you're wrong, there. if you're wrong, he doesn't do well. It's like, that's fine. It was Zay Jones. I was just shooting my <laughs> shot. But if he goes nuts, like I fucking started Zay Jones. I'm the smartest guy in the room. And that's what you want. Right. Yeah. Zay Jones sounds like the perfect name for a right wide receiver in Jacksonville. Right. Just Zay Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my conundrum. I got two of them. So you tell me, Matt. Mike Williams, Chargers, wide receiver, or Romeo Dubs, the rookie from the Packers. One guy is explosive. Um, he was crappy week one, was great week two, and then caught one pass week three. Just happened to be a touchdown. That's Mike Williams. And you got Romeo Dubs, who is the de facto wide receiver one in Green Bay. Looked awesome this past week and is building a rapport eight targets, eight catches with Aaron Rodgers out there in green Bay. Yeah. And I, I everything you said about dubs, like their coaches come out and said, Hey, we got to get this guy in more. He's, he's getting first team snap counts and everything. He's going to be on the field even more this week. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing bad to say here. He's getting all the opportunities that he needs. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers likes him. Let's go with Romeo Dubs here. Thank you. I Thank think you. The, you know it's what I'm wanting you to say. I so don't even think good. there's a floor there with Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is has obvious talent, and he's done it before, and he's due for a, a boom, but the floor is not even there. There's too many weapons on the Chargers. They, they're, they're a team that's just missing something. Mm-hmm. It's the Chargers, like, as of the last five years. They're just missing one thing, and nobody knows what it is. Yeah. But – they're going to struggle at times. And I, I like Romeo dubs here. Yeah. He's uh, way more fun of a play. I will say that I'm, so we do uh in that league, we do a head to head and we do a 
top five, like a top half win, top half loss. So you get two wins and two losses, that type of league plus one. And I'm zero and six. I, and it's a, it is an aggressive zero and six. Like I didn't really have a chance for any of it. So I'm going for it with, with dubs, despite Yahoo trying to talk me out of it with their projections. I'm going to do them. I got another one for you though. In a league that we're both in. So take with it what you want. Drake London or Terry McLaurin this week at the wide receiver spot. I still like Terry McLaurin more here. I, I think he's obviously been trending up on his targets, on his yards, on his receptions, on his everything. Terry McLaurin is an incredible talent who I think mm. you, you got to feed. And Wentz is learning that here, and he's going to keep going to him. I know Samuel's been very involved, and I think that's still going to happen, but McLaurin's just going to keep building a rapport and being the most talented wide receiver on this team. Drake London's exciting, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think his production has been as consistent. I think Mariota is going to finally learn that Pitts is also super talented, even though he's a tight end. He's almost a wide receiver. I, I can't start London over McLaurin yet. Okay, let me throw a third name in there. Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis, Drake London, Terry McLaurin. I was liking – he was almost going to go in one of my starts this week, but I, I wasn't sure if it was worthy. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say right now I like Gabriel Davis this week at Baltimore. Baltimore has been really bad against wide receivers this year, and it seems like a situation where not only are the Bills going to want to, you know, shake off last week and sling some freaking rocks – but they might Baltimore being bad against wide receivers. I think is going to mean that they're going to try to really shut down digs. They should try to shut down digs. I think if if you want to beat the bills, you're going to have to try to do that. Mm -hmm. And Gabe Davis could have a monster week. Um, It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's fair. You're helping me a lot in the league that you're also in. So that's cool. Um, anything else you want to add with the conundrums? I think that was pretty good. You want to hop into our last segment here? The breakdown? Yeah, let's 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 break down. I think we're what we're gonna run through the the matchups and the lines, and then we'll get into our survivor and lock picks. Yeah, so do you want me to toss out all 16 of them just to delay to give the lay of the land? Yes, sir. Okay. Dolphins are three and a half point uh that so I triple checked this. Okay, triple checked it. And according to what I was looking at, which got sent a couple days ago, Dolphins were three and a half point dogs to the Bengals. That makes no sense. So I guess that qualifies as potential upset material. That's because it's in Cincy and Tua's questionable Tua. Yeah, I think it's the questionable Tua that's putting it there. Three and a half point dogs, Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night football. Then you got Vikings at Saints. Saints are two and a half point underdogs. That is in, is it Germany? I think it's Germany. I'm not sure where it's at, to be honest with you. It's in Europe. In Europe, we talked about it. It's really far away. Look it up on a map. The Browns are at Atlanta. Falcons are two and a half point underdogs. Bills and Ravens, that's going to be an exciting game. We just talked about it a little bit there, but who goodness. Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Ravens are three and a half point underdogs there. Commanders are three and a half point underdogs against the Cowboys in Dallas and Cooper Rush, who, by the way, his uh, win loss record in his career in Dallas, you know what it is? Three games, three wins, three and oh. That's better than Dak Prescott's win percentage, by the way. Seattle Seahawks, six point underdogs at Detroit. I don't know about that one. Chargers at Texans. Texans are five and a half point underdogs. Titans are three and a half point underdogs against the Colts at the at the Colts. That's weird. Chargers. Nope, that's the wrong sentence. Jaguars are six and a half point underdogs against the Eagles. Jets are at the Steelers. Jets are three and a half point dogs. Cardinals are plus one at the Panthers. Patriots at Packers. Packers are the favorite by 10 and a half. That's without Mac Jones, more than likely. Bears at Giants. Giants are three and a half point favorites. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are two point favorites. Chiefs at Buccaneers. That'd be fun. The Chiefs are three point favorites. And then on Monday Night Football, you got the Rams plus 2.5 at the 49ers. So. Out of all that, what tickled your butt from a favorite or underdog standpoint? You know, th- this is a tough week right now. There's not a lot of huge spreads, so it makes it tough for our underdog picks, and that also makes it tough on survivor picks. Like you, you, you always kind of lean towards those really obvious uh, high point favorites. So, getting into it, I guess before we do get into our picks we should do a recap of the total scores right now um give it to me you and scott uh well obviously scott had a vacation week i had a vacation week which kind of just evens out to zero you don't get any pluses for your underdog you don't get any negatives for your survivor uh but across three weeks danny is negative one i'm negative one and scott is negative one we're all tied up in a slightly under par situation, which sounds better when you say under par, right? It has a it has a positive connotation. If you're golfing and you're negative one, you are doing something right. <laughs> and that's all um, I can say is we're doing a lot of things right. But to get my picks, I uh, survivor wise, the biggest spread is the Packers over the Patriots. But everybody knows I don't want to root for the Packers, and then. After that, it's I think the Eagles over Jags. Eagles are six and a half point favorites, but we were already talking about how good the Jags have looked, and I don't, I don't trust it. I mean, it'd be a good situation for a undefeated team to get knocked off here. So, I'm gonna go to the next one, which I like a little bit more. Chargers over the Texans. Chargers are five and a half point favorites uh, in Houston against the Texans. But I like them. I'm going to go Chargers with a bounce back big W here as my survivor lock of the week. Love it. My survivor lock of the week is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Like you just said, I Mac Jones is not going to play. I don't think that Brian Hoyer is going to walk into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers. So I'll take the Packers here. Um, Matt, who is your underdog? Three and a half point dog that we just talked about. Your dogs are tough this week. There's not too many, uh, too many good spreads. A lot of them are right at three, and our rule is three and a half. Mm-hmm. So limits you. I'm gonna take the Ravens over the Bills. Uh, 
Lamar has looked good this year, despite uh, what I thought. And Bills just struggled <laughs> last week. It's in Baltimore. You know what? Give me a plus one, Ravens. Do it. You know, prove yeah. yourselves. I will take the New York Jets, who are on the road in Pittsburgh. Three and a half point underdogs in that one. Zach Wilson returns. So who knows what's going to happen with the new offense. When you go from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson, you change everything. And it could be a devastating nightmare, or it could be a real positive, or it could be the exact same as it's always been, which is the New York Jets being kind of crappy. But the Steelers aren't exactly the greatest team in the world, so we'll just roll the dice on this one. And I should note one thing that we did not mention is Hurricane Ian rolling through down there in Florida, just destroying Florida. You, uh, I, I saw that the Chiefs at Buccaneers may get moved because it's at Tampa Bay. It more than likely will get moved, I think, is what I'm seeing based off of the fact that the hurricane has now come through and hit the, the coastline, and it is just, holy shit, just destroying things. There are literally sharks in the streets of Fort Myers. Good to know. I, uh, I'm actually traveling to orlando on sunday and mm, uh, i was the devastation a, a bit and i was like well the hurricane itself by sunday is supposed to be oh it'll be Georgia. gone uh, but yeah. i'm like i as i guess as long as it's not like crazy rescue relief missions going on i'll be okay but yeah i can, I can see uh them not being able to play in tampa bay until uh, you talking about move to like monday or move to another location i heard i heard that minnesota because Ooh, because the uh, Vikings are in Germany, you know, or I'm, I'm, Europe. I thought that I heard that not? Minneapolis was a was a an idea for them to go to Minnesota. That sounds cool and all, but why not the NFL just take advantage of something like San Antonio, who has like an NFL caliber dome, or St. Louis, who has an NFL caliber dome, and just throw a game in one of those markets to just appeal to fans in a market that don't have football there every sunday or every right. other sunday i should say or san diego you know there's there's a number of locations that would be more exciting for fans out of market than minnesota getting another game there for no you reason. know it would be cool if they went to somewhere i know there's rules about this and like stuff but toronto somewhere in canada go to canada well, you can't just be like hey we're gonna come play a football game there but that'd be cool if you want to appeal to different countries and different markets, kind of like you're saying, but I went to an extreme. I mean, hell, yeah. they played in Mexico City. I mean, I think it would definitely be easier for a like um, Oakland or San Diego or St. Louis who has hosted NFL games in the past mm-hmm. and knows the at least to an extent, the protocols and the expectations. We all know mm-hmm. that there's been a few snafus on the on the European games and everything. Go up there to Nebraska, play at the University of Nebraska. They love football up there, and they can support I mean, it. You could do like a Birmingham or something like that. I know that the uh, sure. USFL played all their games there, but they could handle it. And mm-hmm. it, it. You could get more exciting given a terrible situation, but an opportunity than mm-hmm. minnesota yeah. i think i think the browns and falcons are in the same boats the browns are at the falcons on sunday 
I think they're in yeah, the same. So it's going to be in Georgia on Sunday. Yeah. I think it's going to be like right over Atlanta. I, I didn't <laughs> see a backup plan for that game, or unless, unless I'm mistaking the game and the Browns Falcons we're talking about going to Minnesota. Minneapolis was in play. I know that for a backup plan for that. But I would say we, that, that Dome in Atlanta is like where they send people right. during hurricanes. So it's like if they're playing in the Dome, they should be fine, right? Uh, unless it's filled with refugees of Florida. I mean, as of mm-hmm. this, as of this moment, there's 1.8 million people without power. So I don't know. There could be a lot of mixing and matching of times as well. And even potentially days. They One of these games could get moved to a Monday, which would be fine because Monday night football, but. What's that going to do my fantasy, Danny? Fantasy football is more important than hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> the people that are there are people like that, by the way. <laughs> Gross. That was uh, that was pretty true during COVID. It's just like you're gonna bench my starter because of COVID. Because of COVID's not even real. Those people. Anyway, do you got anything else to add before we uh, close this thing out? Do not. That? You mean, do not. We covered it all. Every last aspect of recapping week three and looking forward to week four. I mean, we nailed mm-hmm. all we're saying. Bottom line, don't play DJ more. That's all you need to know from this episode. Yep. And also, remember, have fun with it. Bye now.